0: hey, how can I help right right off the gate? And so, so I usually do a quick little like, yeah, you know, we, we offer convenience. I'll buy the house cash. It'll be the if you're looking for an easy button sale, this will be the easiest sale of your life. I'm going to walk the property one time pay in cash. You name the closing date. You don't have to do anything. You're going to show up the day of close. You're going to sign, get your check.
1: You're listening to the Azria show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career.
2: Hello, great state of Arizona and all of the Western Seaboard. It's Marcus Maloney and Mike Delprete, and this is the Asria Show. So, welcome to another episode, and today we have Ricky Morgan who is based right here out of the Phoenix metro area. So we'll be talking to him about fixing and flipping acquisitions, wholesales, his portfolio. But before we do that, we always gotta hear a word from our executive director. How are you doing today, Mike Del One word, one word, hello. Hello. That's it. Yeah. That's all that's let's all he gives guys. Let's just get right to Ricky man. <laughs> 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 Hello, what's like. up? Okay. Since the E D want to keep it short, Ricky man, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm a big Cowboys fan, so we just won a big playoff game last night against Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> They're
2: excited about winning their first first playoff game, away
0: playoff game yeah. since nineteen ninety two. I know, that was like the year I was born, so <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Crazy. So, man,
2: tell us tell us what you're doing here in the Valley. But before we do that, how did you get started? What did you do pre-real estate? Yeah.
0: So, I'm from New Jersey originally. Mm-hmm. And back in 2015, I graduated college, was looking for just like sales or business. I went to school for business like a okay. lot of people. But I knew I wanted to be in business, but I didn't really know what that meant. So people were like, "You should probably get a sales job." Like I wanted to make a lot of money. I was always a hustler, coming from like working on the golf course, caddying, and waitering, and stuff like that. You know, always kind of well, working jobs where it's like, if I worked harder, I'd make more money. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. You know.
0: So graduated college, moved out to Arizona because the company I applied for, they're like, "We're not hiring in New York." I thought I was going to be like Wall Street, mm-hmm, New York yeah. hustler, and they're like, "We're we're hiring in Phoenix." So I was like all right, there you let's go. give it a shot. Yeah. Didn't have a lot holding me back to New Jersey. Like my family was there, but didn't have a girlfriend or all these things. So I was able to do it. I thought it was a good, good time. I think when you're young, you yeah. had an opportunity to go to a different market. And especially Jersey is kind of like a small, it was kind of small town vibe. So want to get around okay. different types of people. So were you
1: like in Northern Jersey, Southern Jersey? Central. Central. They so say it doesn't exist, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so would you go to the city a lot and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, growing up went to Manhattan a lot. I yep. was like forty five minutes from New York. I mean, getting in and mm-hmm. out of New York's a, a hassle. Okay. Same with Philly. So I was I was by two big cities. So I, I grew up going to the cities a lot, which mm-hmm. which was fun. Definitely yeah, got got well cultured, kind of in that East Coast hustle, right? Uh, Type right, of, t- 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 of grind mentality. But wanted something different. Loved the warm weather. So I'm a big golfer myself. Okay. though Arizona, I was like, yeah. I look, think we why got not.
1: Then we have like the most golf course The land. most golf courses yeah. in
0: Maricopa in one county. Maricopa yeah. County's big, but yeah. still, yeah. yep. I still think a like lot there's, of golf. there's over like 250 golf courses out, wow. out in Maricopa count, County. So and we got a
1: water problem, but anyways, yeah. But still building <laughs>
0: more saying. golf <laughs> <into the laughs> courses, right? So we got
1: a, a filter problem. We got all the water in the ocean. We can get right.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like I don't know. People ask me. My dad's like moving out here next year. Oh great! And, and He's like, well, what's with the, the water issue? I don't want to move out there and you guys run out of water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. People do say that. Yeah, I, I, I haven't looked too into it, but I feel like they'll think, figure it out. I think we're Th- good. Yeah, There's a lot yeah, of water on the yeah. planet. There's a lot of different things you can do. To me, it seems like more more politics there than, yeah, than for anything. Sure.
2: Yeah, they're not going to let five five million people run out of water, right?
0: Right. Yeah, that's what, that's what I think. So anyway, moved out here for a sales job, right? Was hustling, cold calling businesses, worked at Yelp, so...
1: Business owners uh, don't really- a good sales job, isn't
0: it? it? It is, but it's also really tough because business owners hate Yelp uh, because they're so stingy and like reviews. It's really hard to like fake reviews and sometimes mm. like real ones go to fake and then customers talk shit and then mm. <laughs> it, it's, it's, so it was a hard sales job for sure. Yeah. Cause you were just cold calling business owners, their, their phones are getting bombarded all day, but it really taught me how to, you know, get someone on the phone, grab their attention, pivot quick into value proposition and deal with a lot of rejection. Oh, I bet. You know, 80, 100 yeah. sales calls a day. If I had you know, five or 10 sales a month, I was, that was a pretty good That's month. That's good. So nice. it wasn't super high conversion, so you, you had to get
1: good with dealing with a lot of rejection. Well, since we're there, man, that already makes me wanna jump into acquisitions. As we're talking about your background, though, but like, how many calls a day? At that job, I was making 80 to 100 telling you man that's what it's about right and then you're talking to people that are like i'm busy man i'm making a sandwich you you get what i'm saying like i ain't got your time and you got to like get yourself in there
0: yeah yeah i I know you're busy making a sandwich but did you know that you know in the last 24 hours you had eight people map directions from your yelp listing over to your business and you don't even have your correct hours out uh, up there after looking at your Mm -hmm. google page so it's like you know you got to Got to grab their get attention. Those are eight yeah.
1: sandwiches you could, is, how much you charge for a sandwich? That's 80 bucks you just lost.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so I always recommend, if you're yeah. young and, and you want to do business, get into a sales job that creates those skill sets of you being able to hop on the phone and go sell some shit. Yeah. I don't, right. It doesn't really matter what it is. There you go. But, it, and it was a big company, so it was cool. It was like, it almost felt like college 2.0. They had the, the, the free food and mm. team outings and all these different type yeah. tech tech vibes. Keep
2: you guys energized on those phones.
0: Right, free Red Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was drinking, you know, four Red Bulls a day back oh, then. God, so bad. Probably not. Yeah, so bad. But anyway, after four years there, I, I moved into management, a couple different roles. I was like, I, I don't want to do this corporate grind. I saw... My boss's boss, and I was like, I don't want any of these jobs. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay. And I'm definitely like a maverick type personality. Mm-hmm. Don't don't do great with like strict rule following and all these things. And to really play that corporate game and move into the positions that you want to get into, you kind of have to play that dance. Right. You know right what I too. mean?
1: Uh, so I'm already getting like I remember the days back in the days working the corporate world.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah. I know. So that's so 2019 comes, actually. 2018 comes. We so moved out here, moved out here, Yelp, four went to Yelp for years. 4 years. About a year before I left Yelp though was when these thoughts were coming in I had to figure something else out. Yeah, right. So, I went on my phone was just looking at like what do rich people do? How do people make money? Kind of using the internet and a lot of roads led to real estate.
1: Got
0: it. So, I was like reading about crypto, real estate, stocks, just business in general, but uh, rich Dad Poor Dad, yeah, classic. Of maker, yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone has read that one. Read that, and I was like, I'm going to buy rentals. It's going to be great. I'm going to buy rental properties. If I get to like a dozen rental properties, I'll re- replace the income at Yelp, and then I could just retire. That was like yeah. my thought process back gotcha. then. So I buy my first rental when I'm still working at Yelp, actually, in New Jersey. It was a shitty $80,000 house. My friend, who I played college golf with at the time, he was investing over in New Jersey already. Okay. So we just kind of like linked back up and started talking real estate. And he's like, "Oh, I own twenty houses." I was like, "You own twenty houses? Like two years ago?" Wow. Bullshitting, just right. You, you doing know, nothing. doing <laughs> nothing, having beers, and now like you have twenty houses. How's that possible? Mm-hmm. And he was explaining essentially he was utilizing the birth strategy, Got you know, it. buying cheap houses, fixing them up, renting them out, refinancing. So I was like, "Cool, I'll I'll try to do that." My first house I bought, I had to put 25 grand down. So for me making 60, 80 grand at the time at Yelp, I, I was eating like ramen, saving yeah. all my money after taxes and stuff like that. That's There's a not- That's third, sh- third of your income. Right, yeah. there, there wasn't much left over. So saved all year to finally buy this one rental, bought it, and it wasn't that good of a deal. It was kind of retail, but it cash flowed good. You know, it was renting out for over 2,000 a month and I buy it for 80,000 bucks. Right, yeah. So it was cash flowing well. I was making probably five, six hundred bucks a month. Nice. But I was thinking, I was like, if I have to put 25 grand down and I'm kind of making this type of money, I'm going to be here another 10 years before right, I can right. quit the job. So true. So I was thinking, I have to get more creative in the way I'm acquiring deals. And one of the best ways to do it is learning how to buy deals deep. Yep. So that's when I started looking into wholesaling. Okay. And
1: so, what's a deep deal to you? I, I get under it, like, so yeah. everyone knows, like what, uh, what for are you for me
0: in New Jersey, yeah. it, it's different, right? In Phoenix, like I never see deals under fifty percent, hardly ever. Yeah. New mm-hmm. Jersey, that's almost standard. Standard, yeah. Uh, a great deal over there would be shit. I don't. We bought a deal two weeks ago for thirty two k, and it's as his value is one thirty. Nice. So I don't know what's this, it's like twenty five percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's
1: Central Jersey area. Yeah. Irish. Okay.
0: Yeah, smaller town. I, I like in markets that aren't super competitive and saturated. There's other challenges, but one good part about it is you could find really right. good deals like yep.
1: that sometimes. And you think there's always a buyer there
0: for them? So not not always, but this okay. is like we're the end buyer. So it. So, so, so you're okay. Okay. For okay. the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll either refinance them if they make sense as good rentals, or like if or we'll clean them out and just list it at a competitive price. Okay. Okay. And try to make a quick profit. So we're always kind of trying to underwrite. Does this make sense as a rental? How much money will we cash out? that's like tax-free money versus like the quick flip. Mm-hmm. So we always like to kind of underwrite when, when we find a good deal, multiple different ways to see what makes the most sense.
1: We said tax-free money. Explain to us your tax-free money. Yeah, so it, know. It,
0: if, you're, if you're utilizing the burst strategy and, and you buy it deep enough, mm-hmm. and then you go and refinance, and I'm all into the deal, let's say 150 grand, after I bought the house, I fixed it up, my private money lenders, closing costs, all of that. All in, I'm, I'm 150. Mm-hmm. And let's say it just appraises for high 200s. They give me like 75%. Let's just say it cashes out. At, at the end of the, the loan, they're giving us 200K.
1: Yep.
0: Now we have 50K left over from the bank. Now that 50K is gonna be tax-free money. It's not gonna be taxed as if I did a wholesale deal right. for a 50K assignment that's, you know, Taxed, mm-hmm. yep. differently. yeah, differently. <laughs> yeah, differently.
1: So love it. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's very important is and you know I I always suggest too when you're brand new don't get too focused on taxes. I hear people who haven't done a deal yet want want to talk tax yeah, questions. Right. I'm like yeah, go absolutely. make a lot of make money Make the first. money first, <laughs> then we can talk about taxes. Yeah, go go make a budget and then worry about taxes. But there's different ways to underwrite the deal. We could we could wholesale it. Not even take title. We could. Um, buy it and just sell it, you know, on the market, we could fix it up, renovate it, sell it that way, we could turn it into a rental. So I like evaluating deals with multiple exit strategies and buying deals that have multiple good exit strategies. Even if like we have a couple that we turned into rentals that we wanted to flip, but the market turned last couple months. So we're just like, why don't we just refinance these into a rental, hold them for a couple of years, and right. maybe maybe sell them on the back end. So we did that instead, and still cashed out all of our money. Okay, love it. So, so I, I think if you have multiple exits, sure. you're staying safe.
2: So you speak a we, and you're here in Arizona, and you're yep. buying these properties in Jersey. What does that team look like? Do you have a team there in Jersey, or is everybody here, or do you just have a property manager over there in Jersey?
0: Yeah, good question. So that guy I was talking about that I played college golf with, mm-hmm. we eventually partnered up. Okay. So now. I was working the the corporate job, buy this rental, realized, oh man, I gotta figure out a way to market and get better deals so I could scale this. So looked into wholesaling, I was like, this is perfect for my skill sets. I was coming from online marketing and cold calling, sales, mm-hmm. acquisition. It's like this aligns with my skill sets. So I was like talking to Steve and he was good at construction, rehab, the the gritty work of, mm-hmm. of dealing with houses and transactions, dealing with money lenders and all of that part of the business so i was like why don't we come together i feel like i could be really good at finding us deals and you could be really good at fixing them up or just handling the transactions right. essentially yep. on the back end so we partnered up in what's it september of
2: 2019
0: okay and we started pretty much wholesaling flipping like right out the gates it was just find a good deal and figure out What's the best thing to What's do, to with, do it? with it? Mm-hmm. He he does manage all of our properties. We have together this past year. We started keeping rentals together, and we bought ten rental properties this nice. year. Good so not game. bad. Good. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Le- left no money into any of them. Yeah, which is good. Actually, probably ended up cashing out, you know, like a hundred k or something from mm-hmm. all of them. So that was good. So if you think about it, what, the way I bought that first rental, mm-hmm. that would have took me ten years to to buy ten rentals probably. Mm-hmm. But after figuring out how to find deeply discounted deals, I mean, we bought 10 rentals last year and it like, I felt like that was almost slow. That was, they were just falling into our laps. Wow. So I I, I think for people that want to potentially build that rental portfolio up, learn how to find good deals and really learn the business well, because you might not buy a rental even maybe for your first two years, because you're just focused on wholesaling. But then year three, if you want to focus on rentals, you might be able to buy 20 or 30 that year, because now you know how to actually find deals Yep. and do everything else that it, that it comes down to when it's so you know, flipping
1: houses. and How'd you get all that knowledge? Like what made you like find, how'd you find the burr and understand all that? You did pretty quickly. Yeah, pretty yeah. quickly, Very quickly actually. I guess.
0: YouTube, university hard. Mm-hmm. I always, I think I, I did podcasts on my podcast. I had like Steve Trang mm-hmm. and Jerry Norton on this past week and I was like, I was, nice. before I did any deals, I was watching you guys on YouTube and mm-hmm. you know, just learning that way. yeah I, I've actually, Kind of surprising, I think, from everyone I've talked to. But I've never paid for any coaching mentorship. Love it. Mm-hmm. Which I I don't suggest necessarily doing that. It depends how you learn. Right. But I, I also felt like I knew how to learn off YouTube. Yeah. You know, sift through the, the crap mm-hmm. and just kind of mm-hmm. get laser focused on exactly what I was doing. Got it. So yeah, just I just learned that way. And having my partner that at that time, you know, already did. 50 transactions between rentals. He's a licensed realtor. And he did like, at the time, a few flips. That helped
1: too, obviously. So he was, uh, so you guys were doing all that in the night in 2019 in New Jersey. Yeah. And what? May, how about Arizona when that come into play?
0: Yeah, so I've really stayed out of Arizona until last year. Okay. What we were doing over there was kind of working of course yeah and we, we did our first million dollar year in 2021 mm-hmm. where we actually we only did like 20 flips but we averaged like 75k per flip like like
1: mm. true fix and flip just
0: yeah okay, okay. okay. yes awesome. somewhere like at somewhere what you might consider like a whole tail, okay mm-hmm. where you don't have to do much rehab work essentially clean it out maybe maybe some new pain and then just list it we pretty much always stayed though pretty cosmetic stuff. Okay, okay. Because in New Jersey as well, like the cities are. I know Phoenix isn't the easiest to deal with either. Either, yeah. But New Jersey is a nightmare dealing with just permits. Permits and. Oh yeah, you, you need permits for everything over there. It's yep. it's crazy, and and they have CO inspections. Before so, new sales, so did you
1: have like some big Italian guy in a lawn chair sitting in your in front of your flip? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it
0: was kind of like actually one time we we kind of tried. We're like, you know, hey, like for you to go to the other side of town, what do we got to do? He's like, you trying to bribe us? I was like,
1: I don't. in <laughs> Jersey. I thought I, I thought this was. I watched this Play to play, right?
0: <laughs> I thought that's how how it went down over here. So yeah, yeah, we did that, and then eventually last year, we we kind of liked what we were doing in Jersey, but. I saw a big opportunity in Arizona, and I was building all these relationships within real estate. So I'm like, I gotta like utilize that too. So we we dipped into wholesaling. I didn't love flipping out here compared to just Jersey numbers because yeah. Jersey was a lot cheaper purchase prices. Yeah, it's less risk. Less risk. Cash on cash was like way higher. Mm-hmm. You know, we're buying houses all in for 150, and we're making 75, 100k.
1: Got it. So you're just to kind of even just think about it you're you're virtual yeah mm-hmm. you, you, you this whole time whole time your first deal your first rental you were living out here yeah and it's all been back in New Jersey
0: all back in New Jersey while you're out here love yeah
1: it. my first wholesale
0: deal actually came a similar time before I partnered up with my guy in New Jersey I was thinking about just doing it in Arizona when I quit my job and I was running Facebook ads and this guy hits me up, and I, I go to this house. He's like, "Yeah, I want to sell." I go up. I, I like print out a contract online, show up to his house. Uh-huh. No idea what I was doing. Yeah, right, right. He didn't sell it to me, but I was like, "Hey, if if your deal falls through, call me back." He calls me back about thirty days later. Hmm. Okay. And I still didn't know what to do, but I did. I was on social media a lot and learning, and I did hear of a guy, Templeton Walker, mm-hmm. that bought deals. He's mm-hmm. a you know, shout out to Temp. Yeah. He he's, does a lot of business out here. Yep. Called him up and he went over back to the house with me and he pr- pretty much contracted the deal. Yeah. You know, I just set it up. I think he ended up assigning it out then too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right? That, right. So I think he made like 10K on it. I made <laughs> nice. like 5K on it. But I was happy just because I, I, Got I saw Yeah, it was, it was like in person. Yeah, and, and I think new people should understand that. Of course. And, and be okay with that. If yeah. if you, you have... An investor come in and they contract it directly in their name and stuff and they still pay you out on the back end and, and do right. all of that that's a good way i think to kind of tap into the business where you don't have to be so worried about contracts and title work and all these other things
2: well yeah. and that's and that's the power of those relationships because like you said if temp wasn't there you probably would have never got that deal somebody else would have got that deal but because he had the experience he had the know-how he was able to make 5K, he was able to make some money, and the seller was able to sell. So, without that, you would've walked away with absolutely nothing. So guys, you gotta remember, those relationships are key. You have to leverage those relationships, and don't worry about, in the beginning, trying to make 100% of nothing, you know? Because that's what you could've did. You could've made 100% of nothing, but you say, you know what, I'll make five grand of 15K, Walk away happy and learn the experience from Temp on how to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then you have someone in your back pocket that has experience where next time something comes up, you know what? Like I always answer the phone for people that have sold me deals and I've done business with a lot more than mm-hmm. some random Instagram message. Yeah. So I, I was taking that all into account. So, but then really, really started hitting Arizona hard last year when the hedge funds were buying Mm -hmm. super heavy. I think our best months were like last March, April. I think we did 25 and 30 deals in each one of those months. Wow. So they were pretty good months. And I was like, damn, I should have been selling the hedge funds (laughs) for the past Mm -hmm. year. I felt like I kind of missed the boat a little bit, but shiny objects. 30 a month, you're on the boat,
1: I think. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you caught
0: it. I (laughs) caught it, I, I, I caught it, but things, Things it, quickly though. died down come June. Yeah. So so, re- For, so
1: real quick, go back to the thirty. Yeah. So what's your team look like at that point? Like what's it consist of? And a wholesale it was all wholesale, right? Yeah. So what's that look like?
0: Yeah. So essentially, it's me at, at the top, like CEO. Yeah. Then I have Brandon Rhodes. He's my COO. And then when when things were going crazy, we had like four acquisitions guys under us. Nice. And they were doing deals, and you know we were pounding the phones hard. When the market turned in June acquisitions guys slowly started to leave when the money kind of stopped. So right now we're actually just down to me, Brandon, and our TC, we kind of have an assistant, Kaylee, Mm -hmm. that pulls data for us, runs our texting campaigns, pretty much sets up Brandon. And then I kind of help with Dispo, comping deals, kind of all of that. And I still have my stuff in Jersey going on with my partner, Steve, kind Mm -hmm. of geared down a little bit. We're still running, we rank really high on our website and we've sent out so many mailers, we still get a lot of calls from them and probate attorneys. So we're not doing a lot of marketing there, but that's like even if we do one deal a month over there, our average deal over there is like seventy five K. Yeah. So kinda of that's like where the big deals are happening. And then in Arizona, we're just trying to do as many wholesales as we can. Past few months haven't been too yeah. many. Like we, we did I think three last month, like one in Georgia, one in New Jersey, one out here. So it it's been it's it's definitely been been a little slow and, and challenging for us mm-hmm. these these past months yeah man
2: and, yeah and, and people got to understand that you know with that market shift you know because that's what we did we worked with a lot of hedge funds and it was like once june came you had to pivot and had to try and figure mm-hmm. something else out and that's when you know a lot of people started doing things in other markets so it's not just you ricky yeah. <laughs> you know it's the industry
0: yeah and i and i don't i don't feel bad when i kind of come on i'm like yeah things haven't been that slow i feel like right? a lot of mm-hmm. real estate shows and talks it's always Um, crushing and uh, and all these great things are happening but I I also don't feel like we put ourselves in a good position too the way we built the business super lean Mm -hmm. overhead was never very high Mm -hmm. so even if some time goes like I'd rather not be doing deals than getting myself into yeah 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 or or tight deals that I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if it's gonna work out where I might make 20 or I might lose 30 I'd rather just right just do no deals and you know, slowly, like I said, just just wait for the right opportunities to, to come my way and maybe make a little less money, but also I'm not putting myself in a position where I'm I'm stretching where I'm not sure like, oh man, if these deals don't close, mm-hmm. I'm not I don't know how I'm gonna pay my lenders back and getting in situations like that where which you saw a lot of flippers that were kind of aggressive yeah, over the mm-hmm. past few years. A lot of them are still just kinda getting themselves out of some bad right, situations right. with a lot of flips they bought.
1: Early on in 2022. Yep. You know, revert into the refis or they got these half finished remodels on MLS. Just like all those scenarios. So mm-hmm. so what are you doing now? Like what's working for you now? Or what do you shift into? Or yeah. what's the key?
0: Yeah, we've been shifting definitely pitching more creative. Okay. So okay. seller finance, sub two, even possibly innovations, mm-hmm. even maybe like listing it, just trying to squeeze everything out of a lead. I felt mm-hmm. like, Early last year, like when the funds were buying, it wasn't really worth trying to underwrite these deals, super complicated. I'm like, yo, there's a deal out there we could make a quick 30K to a hedge fund, just right. assigning it to. Let's just focus on finding those Yeah. and not getting bogged down mm-hmm. in, a, in a pipeline full of stuff where y- you're spending a lot of time and energy right. underwriting. But I think now where the leads have dried up and there's not as many leads, I think it is worth right now to, to underwrite them in multiple different ways. And if you, you find someone that actually needs to sell and maybe the cash just isn't working because obviously we know buyers, they drop down their prices a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. They have to buy more conservatively. Sellers though, they they lag. Right. They're not as right. in tuned with the market. They're Still looking at Sally's house that sold six months ago, and right, right. they haven't really changed their price. Yeah, that's true. Which mm-hmm. is which is interesting. I've even noticed sellers I talked to a year ago, like they're asking the same price same they were price. a year ago. <laughs> yep. But they, they obviously should be asking less. But so, so you have those two dynamics working at you. So it's hard for that wholesale spread to really get created right now.
2: And and one of the challenges also with the sellers is, you know even some of the realtors try and educate the sellers on, hey, the market has shifted, it's different than what it was a year ago, and they still don't wanna change that list price or still don't wanna say, this is, you know, reduce my price or anything like that. So, like you said, Mm -hmm. true, sellers are laggers, you know, in the market and just don't understand where the market is right now.
0: Yeah, it takes takes a lot of time. Like, I sold my parents' house in New Jersey for them, Mm -hmm. the one we grew up in. They're, like I said, retiring out to Arizona next year. So I'm like, dad, let's sell the house. He's like, I, I need to get 600 for it. So this was <laughs> last summer. So finally, uh, it closes last December. I sold it just, no realtors involved. He got his 600. Nice. But mm-hmm. if he would have waited, if we would have waited another six months, the house across the street, a way nicer household for 550. There you go. I was, mm-hmm. I was telling my dad, I was like, Right now, you probably get 500 for, for the right, house with right. realtor commissions involved too. So at that point, t- what we were just talking about though, him as a seller, he wouldn't have took that. Yeah, He'd be like, no, I'd, I'd rather stay here for another five years. So I think you're seeing a lot of that. Some yeah. people that missed the top and they're still mm-hmm. holding on. Mm-hmm. But I think as time plays out, eventually sellers start coming around. Yeah. They, life happens to them and they just need to move and they're gonna kind of be at mercy. But the past few months has been tough. So we've been pivoting to trying to pitch more creative deals and okay. kind of getting back to some more gritty marketing. Like Brandon on my team, like he's going to knock doors this week. Mm-hmm. It works. It yeah. works when, when things are good, it, it might not be something that, that you need to do to to have six figure months. But I'm like right now, yeah, we got to make double as many calls, mm-hmm. reach out to double as many people to make half the assignment fees that we were making.
1: Yeah. Very so
0: true. we're just trying to... Um kind of stay lean, see what happens with the market. It's I, I don't like just say, staying on the sidelines for too long and being yeah. like, When are the hedge funds gonna come back? Or right, right. when's the market gonna turn around? So that's why we pivoted there and we we also pivoted to a few virtual markets. Like we we went to Atlanta. We kinda okay. just followed the money
1: mm-hmm, essentially.
0: Mm-hmm. So the funds stopped buying here, but they were still buying in Atlanta. Got it. So we just did what we were doing here in Atlanta. And we did a couple deals over there. Nice. So I think I think staying in tune with that and just being really adaptable, I think during times like this is what you need to do. Of if course. you see uh, an avenue that seems to be working right now, like pivot towards it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it always just goes back down to the fundamentals, man. Like mm-hmm. you know, you said door knocking. What are the basic marketing and just understanding the fundamentals to get a deal done. When I heard saying the sellers lag. When the, when I started, it was the last crash, just happened, and sellers would be like. When you're calling them, they're like, "You're crazy! My, my neighbor's house just sold for 600, like mm-hmm. some crazy price." Or the other response I would get is, "I was greedy, man. I should have sold." Should have sold, yep. right? Yeah. So, but I think you know what always worked through that transition was the fundamental marketing, the follow-ups, the bunch of calls, a bunch of marketing out, outflow, mm-hmm. the follow-up system. Because I think majority of deals happen on the follow-up. So when they start realizing, you know, I, I do really need to sell. You know yeah. they're there for you so yeah
0: and i think those those super distressed sellers those deals are always going to be there yeah and those are still coming in like yep. we, we mm-hmm. did two great ones in jersey the past couple months like I, I was telling you the one mm-hmm. bought for 32 gonna sell for like 130 on market that's great home run we got another one from a probate attorney for 88 and should be able to sell for like 135 so just and you do a couple of deals like that with very very low overhead yeah that's yeah. that's keeping you in a good spot for, for quite some time. So I think it's good that those are still coming in. I think those always do come in if you stay if you just stay in the game. Yeah. yeah. But those those tighter deals, those kinda I think went away more.
2: And what you said is true. Both of you guys, you know, deals are still happening. You know, deals are still going on, Mm -hmm. you know, here in Arizona and across the country. It's just that you have to be a little bit more creative and go back to some of those fundamentals and really get out there and find those deals. You know, so it's a little bit more sweat equity you have to put into it to close those deals. But they are happening.
0: Yeah, there's good good and bad times. And I think, you know, we we saw it all going up. And at some point I was telling myself these last four years since I've been in real estate, you know, it's going to kind of level out there at the the top mm-hmm. and might might come down and you know just just preparing for that too like I wasn't spending every assignment check I got to yeah right run, you right. know right. and, and blowing yeah, it up. I'm like that I've always left myself like a year runway I'm like if the real estate market got really bad I didn't need to do a deal for a year like I like I'm I have enough funds where I'm good right so
1: what are your thoughts like because you, you know like I think Marcus and I can relate to you keeping it lean smaller teams yeah doing deals but then you, you see those guys they got you know, ten acquisition, fifty callers, and just just big, huge overhead, man. Like have you ever thought about going that route or wanting to go that route?
0: Yeah, I think earlier this year i I tested the waters, okay. and you know, like I said, I scaled mm-hmm. kind of fast, I had like six guys under me. I was like, all right this is this nice. is kind of cool, but I think looking back now, I'd rather keep it small moving forward. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever want to grow like an like a wholesaling type operation, yeah. To, to that magnitude. I, I just mm-hmm. think what, I, what I've learned too is like A players, eventually they figure it out on themselves and they're gonna go do yep. their own thing. So it's hard to really keep people, I think long-term wholesaling and stuff, yeah. especially in Phoenix where it's like, there's so much, so much knowledge, so much education, yep. so many stories of people like, well, I left there and I started doing my own thing. Yep. Right? Yep. I think it's really hard to keep good talent. And it almost it, it made me feel more like I was back in corporate. Corporate,
2: yeah. Than
0: like it. when I'm just 2021 20, do a million dollars, like I'm I'm slinging deals, like just hustling in my backyard, yeah. like you know while I'm like lifting weights in the pool, like I'm just chilling. <laughs> oh, yeah. We watch you guys working on the
1: <laughs> your computer from the pool. Yeah,
0: like That's so so I rather kind of if, if feeling like that yeah. more than this big mm-hmm. operation. So. I don't know. There, there's so many different ways to, yeah, to no right do this ro- business. Right wrong. Like I was even saying, the people that were getting were super aggressive flipping the last few years, they've made way more money than me, mm-hmm. but now they're also losing money. I'm not uh, losing money, yeah. but I also didn't, in hindsight, I, I probably should have took on more deals when I might have mm-hmm. been more conservative. So I don't think there's one right way of doing it. Correct. Yeah. But being bigger and doing more deals doesn't always mean you're crushing it. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's yeah. just say. Yeah. My most important number is like what is my net to me mm-hmm. and, and what did what did it take to do that and what's my life kind of look like? Yeah. And and it's life by design too, you yeah. know. Love some
2: it. people don't want that big massive operation so you can, you know, go to, sit in the pool all day and still close deals versus coming to the office, making sure people are working, checking their KPIs and everything like that and don't don't have to have that corporate feel.
0: Yeah, I worked harder the last like 6 months and made like a lot less money where mm-hmm. it like if I was just smaller, like I, I probably would have just took time off. I probably mm-hmm. literally would have just been like, "Oh, this is a great time, like market's slow. Let's just go vacation for a few months." <laughs> right. And I would have been I would have been cool doing that. Like I don't really have anything to like prove from from that standpoint of yep. like needing to Do it, but when you have guys working for you and you have a whole team and all these people relying on you, you kind of have to be there. Be yep. there. Yeah, man. So let's um, let's do a break, man. Yeah. I
1: want to know more about the acquisitions and some skills sets yeah. we could share.
2: Sure, so let's take a quick break, hear a word from my sponsors, and we'll be right back with Ricky Morgan.
1: Love it. Are your real estate dreams on hold? With work, kids, everything else going on, time is limited. Most days you feel like the world's on your shoulders. You might even say to yourself, if I just had someone to lean on and push me in the right direction, I know things would happen quicker. Well, then you need to check out the Deal Finders Club, a community of investors eager to close more deals, sign more contracts, and just get ahead in life. The DFC provides weekly coaching, thriving online community, and all the education you need to be confident. DFC is your fastest path to closing more deals. To learn more, head over to azdfc.com. That's azdfc.com.
2: All right, guys, we are back with Ricky Morgan and we're talking about acquisitions, wholesaling and fixing and flipping here in the Arizona market and virtual market. So Ricky man, what does life look like next for you coming up here with your acquisitions and team?
0: Yeah, I think when it comes to acquisitions, I'm trying to keep it pretty small and honestly I love being in acquisitions so it's really hard for me to fully give away that position. Okay. Uh, especially like the point I'm at now, I feel like I've gotten so quick at like being able to filter leads out and stuff. A lot of the times, like if it's a mail lead or a PPC, like, I'm just gonna work that because I I just feel like I could close it the best. And and acquisitions guys, you have to pay maybe like twenty five percent or whatever commission to. Like the hardest part is just getting in that right situation. Okay. So w- mm-hmm. with super hot inbound leads. I'm actually doing a lot of the acquisitions or even Brandon for Arizona stuff, he's handling just acquisitions. So I went back to to small acquisitions mm-hmm. and more so just, I never had like lead managers and I think that's a, a better structure of doing it. I just hired everyone like, hey, you guys are all acquisitions. Okay. Like go find your deals, go kill your deals, mm-hmm. you know? But I think it's a little better process to like just have like a lead manager and then like a for sure closer. I'm excited though to, do acquisitions heading into a buyer's market are already being a buyer's market? I think the conversation's definitely already started to change a little bit with yeah. sellers.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, so what are you noticing?
0: So the conversation the past four years, when the market's just skyrocketing, it's hey, like if I don't, I don't need to sell my house right now. I'll sell it in six months, probably get more for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everyone's telling me how how hot the market is. Like there was a lot of conversations yeah. like that. Now people are starting to at least come to the fact that the market might be turning. Yeah, their their house price, uh, you know, if they sell in six months, might be lower. That's oh. true. So that's creating some fear, and I think fear is good for a salesperson trying we get, to. We got
1: the tra- news. The news got our back on that. Right, yep. the news got our back <laughs> talking
0: about yeah, the the real estate market's yeah. going to crash. So I, I think that's all good. A good position to be if you're good at sales and acquisition. I think fear and just un unsure of what's yeah. gonna happen next is always a good way to position yourself. And the numbers are moving quickly too. So I think even with sellers sometimes, you know, if you're up to date with your numbers, you might be able to, to find a quick deal that yeah. maybe they missed out on. So definitely seeing a difference there. And they're, they're not getting hit up on as much right now too, is okay. what, right. what I'm noticing. Right. I think us included, we dialed back a lot of marketing. Yeah. I think a lot of people did that I talked to. A That's whole true. bunch of people I've talked to has mm-hmm. have, have said they've turned down marketing.
1: Or, or people left the business.
0: Or people left the business. Yep. Uh, a lot of realtors have left yep. the business or are leaving the business. So you have to group those realtors in there, too, because yep. we're all fighting for the, you right. know, fighting for the same, same. sellers, mm-hmm. people that want to sell their homes. So I think with less competition there, too, and, and talking to less people, I, I think there's been some more opportunities created as well there. Yep. Now, sometimes still it's like the the hard part now I feel like is more the the dispo side, but I feel like acquisitions as time goes on is actually getting kind of easier to acquire deals. Yeah. So it's just a matter of making
1: sure you know your numbers and you know what you can dispo. So you, you like when we we were telling me the the Yelp story and yep. you just jumped right into as if I was the seller naturally. So um what are some tips you can give us just, you know, on a sales call talking to a homeowner anything like any tips that you like to use or people could use on the phone?
0: Yeah, the biggest thing I think in this business is you you can't convince someone to sell their house for 50 cents on the dollar. Got it. So, it's a lot is sifting and okay. vetting through leads okay. and not necessarily convincing. When when, right. when I was making sales calls at Yelp, so some business owner could sign up for 5 bucks a day. Okay. I could convince you, you're not even on Yelp right now. I could convince right now, hey, create a AZ, REIA page. You know, people are gonna go on Yelp, they're gonna search, I could sell you on that idea and you could sign up right now.
1: Yeah, mm -hmm, exactly. After
0: telling me to, you know, no, I don't wanna buy it. I can still convince you. In real estate, trying to buy at wholesale prices, you can't do that. Correct. There has to be motivation, problem, situation. So I think it's one of the most important keys is actually getting really, really good and efficient. At being able to qualify those people out, so I always focus on motivation, you know. Mm-hmm. And what do you look
1: for? Like what are
0: qualifying things? out. So you know, why haven't you gotten the house sold yet? Mm-hmm. You know, why have you thought about listing the property? How can I help? Like, mm-hmm. uh, so so a lot of my, my calls, it's it's and it depends on how the leads coming in too. Okay. Is, working a right. cold call or a text lead that you're reaching out. Hey, would you potentially sell your house for cash? Yes, and then calling that person hey, you reached out to me, I would for the right price. Mm-hmm. If it's a, a mailer or a PPC, you right. know, leave yeah. coming in inbound. inbound, that's gonna be a little different. That's like, hey, how can I help right, right right off the gate? And so so I usually do a quick little like, yeah, you know, we, we offer convenience, I'll buy the house cash, it'll be the, if you're looking for an easy button sale, this will be the easiest sale of your life. I'm gonna walk the property one time, paying cash, you name the closing date, you don't have to do anything, you're gonna show up the day of close, you're gonna sign, get your check. It's our, our contract's one page long, like especially in New Jersey, no assignments. One page contract. So no assignments, no meaning assignments. no assignments? In New Jersey, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, when we go and close, like in person, sellers especially, yeah, it's like. Well, are
1: they allowed? I'm sorry, No, they,
0: they, they are allowed, okay, got but it, got we it. just like to, just, like if we're gonna be the end buyer, simplify our contract. Of course, got we, it. I always try to position it with a seller. We are the easy button. So mm-hmm, yeah. really try to try to, pin on that and then say, you know, but the easy button comes at a cost. Yeah. So you you have to figure out what type of sell you're looking for. Right. If you're looking like most sellers I talk to, if you're looking for top dollar, you're looking to get retail, what you probably should do is, you know, list it on the market. And then I kind of tell them, hey, like if that's what you're looking for, here's what you probably should do. If you're looking for the easy button, I, I may be a good fit. And then I let them try to tell me what what they're looking for. Got it. You know, Yeah, I mean, obviously I want top dollar, but, the reason why I'm not listing it is because I just inherited the property. It's got a bunch of stuff in it. So then I'm really I'm um, actively listening to to hear what their situation is. What's their problem? And then also trying to self-evaluate like do they do they have other options? Do they have other potential exit strategies, you know? Have you thought about I know you guys just inherited the property, but have you thought about maybe fixing it up and renting it out? Exactly. Oh no, no, no. We would we would never ever be a landlord. Mm-hmm. My dad was mm-hmm. a landlord and you know, we're not we're not doing that or You know, I mean, it sounds like with that price, if that's what you really need, you're probably gonna need to list it. It's probably gonna take a while right now. Days on market are at 70 days. And then by the time the loan closes, you know, you're looking at 100 days, maybe by the time you get the sold, like if you could wait that out, you should probably do that. No, I can't wait that that long. You know, Mm we, my husband just got a new job across country. We don't wanna be left with this house. So I'm I'm always looking for making sure like they don't have other outs. At that point, now I know, okay, they, they need to sell to, they need to sell in the next 30 days or so, and they need to sell to a guy like me. Yeah. So at that mm-hmm. point, it's just about building rapport with them and just them feeling super confident that you will do what you said, which is for those motivated sellers, they just wanna know like you're actually gonna close. Yep.
1: The confidence, yeah. As
0: soon as I get that contract signed, like their problem is done there. Though. We were, we're t- a
1: couple of things, you hear a lot of good things, man. So it's like, one, it's like, how can I help you? So you're asking, you know, you're asking the right questions, which you're being helpful, but you're also they're qualifying themselves in a way, like they're like, oh, never rent it. Oh, I don't want to list. I don't want to pay commissions. And like, there's like, well, I guess I'm your best option, <laughs> like without saying. You're yeah, the best Yeah, and, and
0: I'm always tra- straightforward yeah. too. Like I, I'm always like, it, I I will never be your your highest price. I don't pay top dollar for houses. But what I do do is if I give you my word, I'm buying your house. I'm buying your house. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand from my perspective too. I spend a lot of money on marketing. I need to make a profit. Like it, it needs mm. to make sense on on my end too. Yes. So I think if you if you had that open, honest conversation, the right sellers are, are going to come, and then and then those sellers you'll be able to get great deals from because now you're like in the driver's seat, and they're just like, yep. like I'm at your mercy, dude. Like mm-hmm. you know you, you tell me what you could pay for it, and there I think that's where a lot of those those good deals come from. And I'm oh, sorry, Mark.
2: Sorry. Uh, and I was just going to say, and that convenience comes with a price and you right. explain that to the sellers and then they were like, okay, either I can accept that or I can't. You know, But like you said, when you qualify them, you're putting yourself in the driver's seat all while helping them solve their problem.
0: Yeah, and 75% of phone calls, honestly, I'm just giving them helpful real estate advice. You know, I'll take, after I qualify them out, I'll take a couple minutes to be like, well, dude, I sold my parents' house last year and I just hired a photographer, paid them 100 bucks, took really nice photos, you could just upload those on Zillow. You know, if you don't really know all the paperwork and stuff, you you could just get an attorney and just like pay them to, if you're a little uncomfortable with the whole transaction. So I always try to just be as open and honest and as helpful as I can be. And then those right sellers that need you, you're going to going to contract with me over some other right. guy just because now they they believe that I tried to help them in, initially and I was honest with them and they're they're going to trust me more over I think than
1: the guy that just sends sends them an offer so it's like the the yes they want that confidence that trust that you're going to clean we we do a, a wholesale class here at azria wholesale step-by-step and we just finish it and a lot of things new people look for is where they think about it's the contract and you said it they just they don't even read it no like you explain it obviously yeah. the the main points but they where do i sign and it's and that's it like so so i think some people overthink the contract part for new, at least. New
0: oh, a hundred percent. Even, yeah. I mean, even things like, like EMD or this, like our, our best deals, we, we didn't have to even put in EMD or but even the contract date expired this day. We closed three weeks later. Like, like they don't get like, yeah. I'm not recommending necessarily yes, right. doing that, but, but the point is if you find a seller and they really need your help and you, you build good rapport with them, I mean, you could get it signed on a napkin and there's yeah. a good chance like that's gonna close because yeah. th- they have now trusted you saying, yeah. Ricky, you know, you, I'm selling the house to you. Just just tell me what I got to do from here. That's, and, a, that's a,
1: like, that's granted now all our deals are like that, but if you got a true motivated seller, it's probably one of the more easiest deals you're gonna do. True motivated. Yeah, yeah, you know?
0: yeah. it's like, those are the easy ones. It's like yeah. when, when we're buying from, you know, like like the, the Russian Jewish landlord from New York mm-hmm. in New Jersey, but- It's just, a hardcore negotiation. Yeah, yeah. and it should feel it should feel good like every every deal and i i think i buy deeper deals than most people people are like oh you know you're you're robbing these people or whatever i'm like no it they were going to sell to me or someone else yeah, at least right. i 100% of the time deliver on my word to them you know so yeah. i feel like they're in good hands but the sellers are always so happy in in wholesale deals like they are the the ones mm-hmm. that say thank you so, so much so, yeah, and, yeah. you know thanks for helping me out and like it feels good like in a transaction where you could you could make a lot of money but like they're also happy like they they weren't probably the most financially savvy type folks too i think people get caught up with that sometimes mm-hmm. well like these people have been making probably pretty bad financial decisions most of their life yeah. unfortunately yeah but it's not like if you gave them an extra like 30 grand even like th- they'll, they'll blow it they'll blow it on yeah. something or you, you know sell it to the next guy but you could tell how many times they, they've tried to sell something to someone and then they, they haven't even come through. So I think it's like if you stick true to your <laughs> word, they give you a number that they're happy with, then that's all you should really be looking for on an acquisition side. And that's why I always too like I don't make offers generally. I'm right. always asking them, yep. hey, you know what's what's the price that you need? You know I'm trying to buy it as cheap as possible. Like you understand that's, that's my mm-hmm. business. Like a good deal for me is buying it as cheaply as I can get it for it. And I know you're trying to get as much money for it. You know, so what do you need? So a lot of the times I try to work it to try to get them to give me a number instead of you know, giving them a number first right. and, and playing that game.
2: Well some of the some of the best deals that I found was from newer wholesalers or, or investors that didn't stick to their word. So now, yes, you gotta get through that part of the seller being skittish because they just came out of a transaction that didn't close, but once you give them that confidence then they'll, they'll jump over the moon for you. They'll do whatever, you know, they want for you because only thing they want is this deal to close. That's it. So yeah, I found that to be, I found that, I was kind of looking at that the other day, looking at all of our leads, you know, what were some of our best deals? And there was deals where other wholesalers just didn't perform.
0: Oh, especially in Phoenix. Oh, uh, so many. Like we just had, a, I was talking to an agent coming soon and within five minutes of the coming soon going up, she's like, oh, we already have two offers. I was like. They haven't seen the property, right? No, no, no. But but they sent offers. You know, they're at two thirty. It was like coming soon at two fifty. We need to buy it at like two ten. Yeah. And they have offers at two thirty. I was like, we're not. I don't think those are closing at that price. And she's like, well, the sellers are probably have to. I don't think it's closing either. But the sellers are probably going to have to go through that a couple times before they come back down to earth. Which that is true Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know. But I think especially in Phoenix, there's a real opportunity. To go through deals that have fallen out of contract, or you know, I'm on the email list and looking at these wholesale deals that I see that were locked up. I think too high. I'm like, that, high, that's yeah. not going to move. Yep. And then I keep a an eye on on some of those and see if they fall out of contract. Now I can come in and be like, well, I'm offering you <laughs> it actually helps yeah. you out fifty k yeah. less, and they're like, oh, I would never take that. Well, yeah, you, you keep taking deals that are more money, and then they're not closing. They're not closing, yeah. right?
1: It's helping out. So Spending I think it, your
0: in Phoenix, it's uh good opportunity to to get deals that way especially if you're like low on on marketing funds and you know you can't spend a lot get on some of those email lists and see which ones end up you know falling out of contract and don't close down the road or go back active on the mls mm-hmm. and then you know reach out to those agents come come with really strong terms but then you have to get it for, yeah, for, for, yeah. for less money yeah you know,
2: so. and that, that's one of the things that we tell our mm-hmm. students you know when they're when they're getting started to evaluate deals, join all of these wholesalers buyers lists and just, you know, start evaluating those deals that they're putting out. And if you think those numbers are too high, you know, let's let's go in and let's just follow it and see what happens. And like you said, you can get some of the best deals that way.
0: Yeah, and to your point too, that's a great way to see what's actually moving, what what's not moving because we we are in a time where the numbers are changing daily. People, like daily yeah. <laughs> in Phoenix, right? And like what people want to buy, what people aren't buying. So I think if, if you could stay really in tuned with what you know some of the biggest dispo like like I work with some of the the bigger dispo houses around town like like the Iman's uh, I'm mm-hmm. in communication with them mm-hmm. a lot I try to see like what are they moving you know what are they not moving what are they mm-hmm. moving and yep. then try to underwrite based off what's actually has moved, moved yep. not just do you hit see the percent- 60- percentage percentage yep. right now I think in Phoenix like if it's at sixty percent I'm pretty confident you'll um, move it yeah yeah but we're not I'm for wholesale I'm not trying to contract stuff. Above like sixty-five percent, really, unless maybe it's like a like a clean track home in East Valley or something yeah. like that, mm-hmm. you know. But sure. for the most part, we're we're trying to underwrite to about sixty percent. I've been telling
1: my team. That's huge information for everybody to know. So so since we're talking acquisitions. I wanted to get your experience on. You did the closer Olympics. Yeah, I was curious. You did well, man. I watched it. That was yeah, fun, Elijah man.
0: Rubin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was it was fun.
1: How was it? What you think about it? Like, I think it was pretty genius that whole concept. Yeah. You know? Shout out to Elijah. I think
0: putting putting that all together extremely helpful for people that are brand new. I do think though it's it's a bit challenging because it, the, the way it works is you're getting other people's leads from all over the country, yeah. and then like literally just. Just calling them, trying to close them. So, like, I had this one in North Carolina. And it was like the lady's asking price. Like, I got her on the phone, and she's like, "Yeah, I, I would, I'll take 130." You know, like, like very, like, you could tell she'd been talking to a lot of people, and she was like, "Yeah," and I was in my head, I was like, "Well, this probably, without me even underwriting it, it's probably not a deal." Not a deal, a deal. yeah. Because take it too easy. She would have taken this like she's talked to other people, and all like all the some of the judges were like. Like, oh, like, th- th- that's a deal, that's a deal. So it, it's a little tough because maybe in North Carolina, the buy price might be 55%. And in Phoenix, it's 70%. Yeah. So I think that part of the, the challenge is a little complicated. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's just learning lessons and getting to see people who have obviously closed a bunch of deals like myself and still get hung up on or just completely sellers just not interested. I think that's good to, to show people that that's the majority of, what acquisitions is actually Mm -hmm. like a big part of even why i like a lot of my social media stuff is me doing live calls and most of them are ending no sale or it's like you know i'm I'm posting like the video when like someone's like yelling at me or whatever because i just think it's good good for people to to see that what really happens man what really happens on 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 the phones but uh, yeah that competition i would recommend anyone to Try, try to go and watch that. And, and I think one of the most helpful things for newbies to do is to watch live calls. Mm-hmm. We'll, like even once a month or a couple times a month, we'll do like a live stream on our YouTube channel of okay. just like calling Fizbo's or agents. Yeah. I just think it's a great way to learn hands-on of, that's how I learned at Yelp when I originally was cold calling, mm-hmm. was listening to closers yeah.
1: and, and yeah. Just, yeah.
0: just actually hearing their live calls and how they opened up and what they sounded like and certain cadences and, and things like that. That's true. So I think you have, and, and you have to listen to your own calls too. So I that's I recommend doing that. A lot yeah, of people that's don't. The hard, that's the hard that's part. The a hard lot part. of a lot of people don't like listening to their own calls whether it's the way they sound or they realize they say like in every 2 seconds mm-hmm. and maybe they don't they mm-hmm. don't like it, but the only way you're going to get better is self-evaluation. So you have sure. to do that
1: look well, at the NFL or the yeah. pros they watch the tapes why shouldn't we watch the tapes or
0: the videos Right, 100% you gotta you, you got watch watch the tapes and, and work on your craft it's mm-hmm. not just gonna it, it doesn't happen naturally yeah but it also like I like what I saw at Yelp is some people were there maybe 5-6 years and they still sucked on the phones mm-hmm. because they didn't work on anything they didn't listen to calls they, didn't, they weren't trying to improve find a new a better right. question to ask or anything they're just like eh is what it is, you know, show up, this is what I do, get paid, leave, yeah. yeah. One of
2: the things that we do, you know, to help with the calls is we have, you know, our call-a-thon here every first and third Wednesday. So it really helps the newbies to come in and feel a lot more comfortable on the phone and they get a chance to listen to calls and everything like that. And we screen those calls and go through those. So if you guys out there, you're a little bit skittish on the phone, you can definitely come in here every first and third Wednesday and we can jump on some calls.
0: That way you can hear some live calls. I love that. And, and you really don't have anything to lose. Like, cold calling in this business, you, you're not even representing like, really a company or right. whatever, you're like wholesaling company. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, just just call, like, you have nothing to lose. And you have unlimited yeah. people to, to call. call. So you, you, right. could, you could mess up, you know, all these calls. And I always tell people like, like, mess up hundreds of calls before you start dumping money into a PPC lead that you paid 250 bucks maybe for that lead Yeah. and now and then you blow it <laughs> yeah yeah it's like just call call the FISBOS and get through that you know yeah. getting yelled at on the phones or and that that's a good way to get yelled at on the phones too yep. just lowball to lo, low lowball fizzbos fizzballs. and then eventually you'll be like ah oh, it's not that bad getting yelled at we,
1: we call it get the marbles out of your mouth oh i like that, that. <laughs> yep. that's it cool man a lot of uh, stuff there all right guys we've got a lot going on here ricky Definitely
2: want to thank you for being here on the show today, man. You dropped a lot of jewels for the listeners today. Before signing off, man, how can people reach you? How can we find you?
0: Yeah, definitely YouTube, the Flip Lab, my my Instagram, best way to probably reach out to me about deals, which is at Ricky underscore. And yeah, yeah, just follow the Flip Lab. I I have a podcast, YouTube channel.
1: Flip Lab is on YouTube to watch your calls, Yep. right?
0: Yeah, yeah, all that, TikTok. All those places.
1: Everywhere. Love all it, man. Right. Well, now I appreciate you being here, man. I know we wanted to get you on here for a while, man, so appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
2: All right, guys, that's it. Another great episode of the Azria Show. Thank you, Ricky, for being here. And you all know what to do. Always, always get out there and take passive action. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening
1: to the Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delprete we hope you enjoyed this episode if you found this information valuable head over to asria.org and learn more about our community